Welcome to Simply Finance, the podcast series designed to educate Australia on simply everything finance. Welcome back to Simply Finance, brought to you by Positive Lending Solutions. My name, of course, is Matt Tarrant, and once again this week, I'm joined by Julian Richards. Julian, thanks so much for joining me again, mate. You're more than welcome. Glad to be here, Matt. Now, this week, we're looking a little bit into the history of, I guess, an industry that is not only one of the most significant, but also one of the most and biggest contributors to the Australian economy, the mining industry. Now, it's an industry that's had plenty of rises over the years, but also plenty of falls along the way. Now, as you know, mate, I'm not particularly a very manly kind of man, never picked up a pickaxe, have never driven a dump truck, but um, I had plenty of mates that joined the industry, I guess, over the years, particularly probably maybe after high school, because I guess people saw it as a way to make some big, quick money while traveling away. What about yourself, mate? One to, uh, one to pick up the tools, one to do a bit of mining? Um, not personally, not really one to get on the tools personally, but Matt, I have had a lot of friends and a lot of clients in the mining industry. And, you know, I just remember during the, the, the downturn of the uh, early 2010s, around 2013-14 kind of thing, they, they really used to be so fearful about this job that they thought was so secure and they were earning such huge dollars from. And I remember some of the stories, they, they'd tell me that they'd line up each morning, each uh, Monday morning to, to see if they were off to Centrelink or back on the tools. So imagine that playing roulette with your job, you know, just kind of lining up like a sports team roster. Oh, you're fired. You you can continue. So there have been some ups and downs. But that's um, like it was, wasn't it? I mean, you used to have mates that would fly in and fly out and then they'd fly back and they'd never fly out again. It just didn't happen for them again. But there are some absolutely big players in the mining industry in Australia. I mean, it is seriously one of the biggest contributors to the economy. Who are the, some of the big guys that we should know? Uh, well, some of the biggest guys would be BHP. Now, we've all, all heard of BHP. They have a massive uh, market cap of $137.5 billion, um, roughly, to in, in today's uh, uh, market. And secondly, of course, is probably one that we've all heard of, especially if you've ever looked at the uh, ASX, is Rio Tinto, another massive one, around $114.4 billion. And there are some other players that uh, come down the list a bit um, south, 32, one that most people haven't heard of. They've got a, another market cap of an astronomical 9.4 billion. So there are some real big players in the industry. I mean, that's just not po- pocket money at all, is it? And as you said, ASX, I'm always having a look and I don't think I can afford many shares in these big companies, but they are the big boys. But I guess like any kind of industry, it didn't always begin at the very top. So can you maybe talk to me a little bit about how I guess mining begun in Australia? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Matt. I mean, you know, people have been digging things out of the ground for centuries, probably the millennia, but um, really in Australia, the first mining for profit started uh, during the gold rush years of the 1850s. Um, That started uh, back when gold was first discovered in New South Wales uh, in 1823, I believe it was, near Fish River, just east of of Bathurst, which no doubt everyone knows because of the car race. But um, the fine was pretty insignificant, and uh, basically that uh, that gold was 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 forgotten. Surprisingly, because um, you know gold, a gold find is obviously huge. Um, there were other traces of gold found in the following decades in New South Wales and Victoria, and that kind of stirred up things and tried to really attract people away from the Californian gold rush that um, is pretty world famous to the uh, Australian one. And then what happened after that? So I guess we're hitting into the real kind of gold era. Uh, I know I've definitely driven a few, a few areas in the past and on the way to New South Wales and Victoria, Broken Hills, one that I've definitely driven past. Is, where did that kind of stuff begin? Uh, well, when we moved away from purely gold, 
Um, that came more so about 20 to 30 years later, around the 1870s, where tin um, became a top mining uh, commodity in Australia. And that was really discovered um, in Tasmania. Tasmania became quite a big tin producer or, or tin exporter in, in those early days. Um, later in the 19th century, copper was found in uh, Mount Morgan uh, near Rockhampton in Queensland. So it's really the whole of the eastern side of Australia just opening up in different minerals and more expansion there. Silver, lead and zinc at Broken Hill. We all know Broken Hill, um, which interestingly enough, the B for broken and the H for hill is the BH in uh, BHP. So that's where that one came from. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, more gold found in uh, Kulgadi and Kalgoorlie and WA. So we, we all know WA is a massive um, player in the mining industry. So as you can see, it's kind of gone from New South Wales to Victoria, Tasmania, Queensland, and now on the other side of the country in, in WA. And then even more in uh, uh, Iron Barren, a place in South Australia, obviously famous for, for iron. I mean, we all remember the stories. I'm sure people that have driven through or even into Broken Hill before have seen, uh, you know, the amazing history that those towns have. We're talking a long time ago, though, right? The 1870s, and things have definitely changed a bit since then. So I guess as the world started to hit that 20th century, we're hitting the early 1900s, the world's changing quite a lot. What happened to the mining industry at that point? Did it change with it? Uh, well, really, mining kind of declined, which is uh, which is strange. Uh, you know, in the first few decades of the 20th century, um, despite a continued rise um, you know, in the value of mineral production, uh, the only major finds in Australia in the first half of that century were, were lead, zinc and copper deposits at Mount Isa. So it kind of, um, in the dis discoveries, it kind of lulled a bit from the late... Um, 19th century um, into the early 20th century to early last century, but which is surprising to most people. But um, but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, right. So until the 1980s, people literally believed that Australia lacked, I guess, the sufficient reserves of iron ore, right? Which I mean, just sounds completely crazy to think about from this day and age. What happened after that? Because I know there is a point we're coming up to where I guess mining did start to fizzle off a little bit. That's correct, Matt. Yeah, it's stunning to think back and, and actually look look back and realise that people thought Australia lacked iron ore, which is one of our you know most most profitable exports. But um, it really really changed um, around the nineteen sixties uh, in Pilbara in WA. Um, so that's when it kind of took off. Um, and the government lifted iron ore exports, um, which was a uh, post-World War II um, uh, thing, I believe. Um, so exploration was also stepped up in the outback. Um, and that's when you people conjure up images of those old Toyota Land Cruisers in the dusty Australian outback in the 60s and 70s. Paul Hogan, you know, that name kind of springs to mind. And it, um, and it really started expanding as the industry got more and more profitable. Um, you know, new metal, uh, new inverted commas, inverted commas, metals such as um, nickel, uh, tungsten, uranium, that kind of stuff pushed Australian interests even more in uh, exploration in our outback. Um, and then Australia ended up becoming a major raw material exporter, especially to Japan and Europe um, in the 70s. So that really, uh, really pushed the mining industry. And then we had another lull. Um, it kind of fizzled out, not completely, though, obviously. But um, in the 1990s, uh, Australian mining was not, uh, not as it was in the previous decades. 
So it started to fizz off a little bit, but I remember the early 2000s when I was finishing high school, a bunch of friends were heading out to the mines, heading over to WA and making some serious coin for a while there. So I'm assuming we are on the verge of a massive revival again. Is, is that what happens? Absolutely. Matt. Each decade does kind of seem like a new chapter or a, a changing chapter in mining in Australia. Uh, I can remember around a 2001 or 2000, 2001, 2002 kind of uh, Time mining was really dismissed as the old economy of Australia and, and people kept um, you know, referring back to panning for gold and those dusty old um, four drives out in the outback searching for gold or God knows what. But that very, very quickly changed. And around the mid 2000s in Australia experienced huge, huge growth and huge interest in our um and our commodities, as was reflected in the in the markets throughout the world, and that was mainly driven by emerging economies in Asia, China, for example. Um, and it really helped Australia um, during a GFC. We kind of rode off on the back of the uh, huge, huge commodity boom that we experienced in the mid to mid to late two thousands. Well, I think we sort of touched on that a little bit uh, last week in our, in our chat about the GFC and how that truly did help us, I guess. And we'll probably get a little bit into that, uh, I guess, in a moment in regards to you know what we actually did to help survive that GFC at that point. So I guess we're now, you know, mid early 2000s, around that 2003 kind of period. Uh, What sort of happens with the mining industry around that time? So from 2003 to 2011 were really the boom years. Um, You know, global prices in Australia uh, increased by a a whopping 300%, which really helped Australia, obviously, and really demanded those jobs and, you know, got towns like um, Broken Hill and Pilbara, you know, really pumping. Um, you know, res- resources in Australia are spread unevenly, unfortunately for some states um, across Australia, you know, with WA and Queensland and the Northern Territory having the highest concentration as, um, of reserves. So they naturally saw the, the biggest growth during those um, boom years. And then I guess we're coming to the now, aren't we? What's currently going on in the world right now when it comes to mining now? I mean, I'm an outsider, so I don't really know exactly what's going on, but I definitely don't know as many people heading out to the mines as there were back in the day. And even I think people that I do know that work in industry, they're, they're a little bit unsure on what that future, I guess, kind of holds. What's happened over the last few years? I guess, where are we at when it comes to the mining industry? And I guess then I guess we'll go into after the future of how we think it's going to look in, in the end. Well, things have stabilised over the last few years, Matt, which is obviously good for Australia, but um, it is nowhere near the boom. The boom is the mining boom did peak in around 2012, uh, which again helped Australia get over the, um, the GFC, which we discussed a bit in our last episode. So make sure to check that one out. Um, but yeah, just going back to to really the fall of the mining industry, 2013, late 2012 uh, era, that was really down to commodities and the global supply of commodities catching up with demand and naturally Australia's uh, trade declined, mining investment declined, which resulted in um, job losses and property in mining towns to to really see the, the brunt of that, unfortunately. Well, I don't even think it's potentially just the property in the mining towns itself. I mean, I know people that have property in Perth and I think they've struggled to rent out properties or their property prices dropped because, um, you know, people that just aren't traveling to Perth anymore to fly in and out anymore. So things have, I guess, definitely changed over the last few years. But as you said, maybe it is just kind of stabilizing at this point. Um, uh, any, any more information we should know, I guess, about what's currently happening out in the world when it comes to, to mining? Uh, well, again, Australia really 
really piggybacks off those emerging economies and the infrastructure around the world, which need our resources. Um, but uh, interestingly, Matt, Australia is now the uh, one of the top producers of some some amazing minerals. Um, most people think of oil, gas, gold, silver, uh, aluminium, perhaps iron, uh, when we start digging stuff out of the ground. But um, I'll let you know what Australia is leading the world in when it comes to digging stuff out of the ground. Now, t- let me know if you've ever heard of it. First one, Australia is a world producer, not oil, not gas, obviously, but it's actually um, bauxite. What, what the hell it? is bauxite? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty funny, but it is a very, very important rock and um, pays a lot of a uh, lot for Australia. And it's a rock with a relatively high aluminium content. So when it gets um, chopped up and boiled down and smelted down, that's where uh, aluminium comes from. Car bodies are a big, uh, a big demand for that one. Um, secondly, another one that you may or may not have heard of. It's not gold. It's not silver. It's rutile. And again, another one I haven't particularly heard of. I'll be honest. Yeah. I thought you'd say that most people haven't, but uh, most people in Australia are benefiting from its uh, production. Um, so really rutile is a mineral composed primarily of titanium dioxide. So it's got a high titanium concentration. And uh, thirdly, another another mineral um, that uh, Australia is a world leader in is um, tantalum. Ever heard of that one? No, that's another one. You've, you, you're getting me three from three. <laughs> I thought I might do that one. So... The third one, tantalum, is um, really a, a, a mineral that has a very high uh, melting point um, and it's used for all sorts of c- components, DVD players, video game systems, computers, mobile phones, all the capacitors, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's another mineral very, very important to Australia. Well, I mean, that's interesting because I guess that's probably my next question, I guess, in where mining's going into the future. And I mean, maybe tantalum is potentially, I guess, the future for Australian mining because I guess with, with the rise of these new technologies and now, I guess, much of the world looking for this sustainable future, um, do you see this, I guess, impacting the mining industry in Australia? Are we going to have another fall? Are we now at the level uh, we're at? Or potentially, I guess, as we're finding, uh, are the need for some of these new raw materials potentially increasing, uh, I guess, due to these new technologies? I mean, could we potentially see another rise over the next few years? Yeah, well, uh, you know, Australia does have competitors, South Africa for one, where it comes for, uh, when it comes to digging things out of the ground. Um, so, you know, Australia is a very, very developed country, as we all know. And then when um, other economies catch up and their mining industry um, you know, naturally gets more uh, infrastructure and, and better developed, you know, we do have competitors. But, um, you know, as with every fall, there's always a rise straight after. You know, China led the last one after the GFC. Um, and who knows? It looks like it's pretty stable at the moment. We have had our low years. We have had our boom years and following on low years again. But um, it does look quite stable. And hopefully things will look up as we do have, you know, the infrastructure already there thanks to the previous boom. So one would look at it as, as really mothballing, you know, previous mining sites that haven't had that much uh, investment and that much use to just turning the keys, polishing the um, what needs to be polished, and away we go. Polishing the tantalum. So there is uh, <laughs> definitely plenty of time for me to still to work on my muscles, pick up that pickaxe, and maybe head out and get my uh, truck driving license to get out there again when we do hit that next rise, mate. It's always fun chatting to you and learning a little bit more about, I guess, the history of an industry that I don't know a lot about, mate. Thanks so much for joining me again today. 
You're more than welcome, Matt. Happy to be here and I'll see you again next week. Look forward to it. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Simply Finance brought to you by Positive Lending Solutions. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. All of the ideas and advice discussed in this podcast is of a general nature only. Always consult a financial expert like the ones at Positive Lending Solutions before applying for credit or making a financial decision.